0: One arm drag. Rep screwed rep. It's me, Austin. I did it for the rock. <laughs> uh, shut your mouth, a thong wearing fatty. Number four, arm bar. I am Sir Michael Cole.
1: hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Grapplecast. it's me jamie it's not taran um unfortunately uh, after the past few weeks of wrestling that has happened we've had the blood and guts match and we've also had the zombie invasion it's set the business back 30 years taran has said he no longer wants to watch wrestling anymore and has <laughs> stepped away from the podcast so unfortunately taran will no longer be with us only kidding. He, he's unfortunately he's had his COVID jab, so he's a little bit under the weather today. So we wish him a speedy recovery, and um, hopefully he'll be back next week. So it is I, Jamie, and I'm joined with Dan and Joe. What up? Hi, yeah. What up? Ooh, Isaac Yankin finally got me today as well. I'm one tooth
2: missing, so I might have a bit of a less beer this evening. But <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm here. I'm one, I'm toothless,
0: Timmy, for the evening. So happy days.
1: Yeah, and how are you, Joe?
0: Yeah, okay, teeth man. intact. Yeah, my my teeth are intact. They're just so crooked, but apart from that, <laughs> fine. <Cool. laughs> proper British look. <laughs> yeah, proper
1: British teeth. Yeah. So I seen, mean, done I think the the best thing to start off with would be talk. We did have a pay per view uh, at the weekend, so I mean, let's just talk about WrestleMania Backlash. Um, let's talk about these zombies, shall we? <laughs> That's probably the most thing that we're going to talk about from the event, like you say. So, overall, it's before,
2: yeah. yeah, man, I was just going to say, it's definitely one of the biggest talking points. You know, you have some really, like, show-stealing matches, but all everyone wants to talk about is the fact that Batista bought after pay-per-view and there were zombies <laughs> walking around in the Thunderdome.
0: What's going on? Yeah, it was like a Zack Snyder film Batista's in. We knew it was yeah. going to be a little Bajak match, and then... Like halfway through the pay per view, John Morrison goes looking for the lumberjacks and they're zombies. I'm like, oh, for God's sake, please don't see the zombies, and they were all zombies.
1: Well, that's what I thought. I thought it would just be like a little bit of a promo for it, you know, like a, a weird backstage segment for the zombies, like for the film, and that, that was it, that's fine. And then, nope, they started walking to the ring and they were lumberjacks just walking around the ring. Well,
2: there was a lumberjack in, you know, um, Te- dresses um a Texas, uh, you know, a Texas with the, the cowboy hats on, and yeah, the, Elvis. The, yeah, Elvis as well, and all sorts of them. Uh, well, I thought with the Lumberjacks, I thought, oh, brilliant, you know, we're going to showcase the entire roster. They're all going to be shown on pay per view. That was my comment with it. And then all of a sudden, it wasn't that. It was just they're all zombies, but we got to see Scotty Tuatty on a pay per view. Right? When was the last time you saw Scotty Tuatty on a
0: pay per view? I know i mean the thing is so like, they could have had like a po they called it a post apocalyptic match or something or you know lose a ghost to hell match or so- something like that they could have they could have like probably even more it we didn't really know it was a zombie match until it basically went on
1: yeah and then after the match they decide that we're just going to lay the miz in the ring and let the zombies just eat him like what would you how, yeah, how do you, you book yourself out of this well, they have, have he, got, he got an injury. Yeah, he's got an injury. So yeah, but he's got he's... eaten alive by zombies.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they, they managed to get Rey Mysterio to grow his eye back, so anything's possible.
1: That's true. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but, um, you can talk about like an eye transplant, maybe a push, but a whole body yeah. transplant? Pop another one in, it's all fine. But uh, it was <laughs> the case where I think for
2: myself it would work a little bit more if they played on the Damien Priest live forever, he's brought some of his friends with him, you know, some of the undead because he lives forever. And then they, they're like the all the lumberjacks jacks are on his side. I think I I think it would have worked be a little bit. That a, a yeah. Work with that a little bit. But instead, at one point in the match, they both decided that they both wanted to fight off the zombies and then got back up and didn't care. And then Priest just climbed the turn, to the at the top of the turnbuckle, let him eat the Miz, and then that was it. And then they just cut the some backseat segment.
1: Yeah. Um and like I said, he got he got eaten alive after the match. I know, like you said, he has got a, an actual injury he's an ACL tear or something, which I, I think, think is so. one of Sixth... his first injury ever. Yeah,
2: one of his Hopefully. first major injuries and apparently he's gonna be out for six to nine months. This is the first time since what, two thousand and four, two thousand and five. That he's he's you know, not gonna be best in each and every week. So he will be missed, but when he comes back, you know, whether it's a Royal Rumble or something, there will be a massive Popsky.
1: Yeah, and hopefully by the time, if it is the Royal Rumble, fans will be back in the arenas. Um, I know we will probably talk about it a little bit more next week, but AEW double or nothing will have full capacity in there. So hopefully this is a step in the right direction of post-Thunderdome and fans back, and then we can get these pops that we deserve. Because what I would love to have seen, would they have done this with fans in attendance and would the fans have just been like, what am I watching right they now? They would just not have stood it. for that. They would not have stood for that. <laughs> They'd probably they
0: start chatting this
1: is bullshit or something like that or <laughs> yeah. boring or something along those lines. So you think this is a bad thing with the Thunderdome because they can just do whatever they want because they know the fans can't boo them. They can just add in this weird crowd noise to be like, yay, woo! <laughs>
0: yeah, but again, with the Thunderdome, you know, it's all LED screens. You know, you, Jamie, you do film and you love horror. They could have And it's so much more of a horror element to it. Like, I think if you're going to do zombies, you know, fully commit where it's like everything's like a wasteland and they've got, like, like burnt-out buildings, burnt-out cars and smoke and, you know, WWE can afford to do that if they really wanted to. I mean, if you're going to do a zombie match, you know, go full in, go whole hog with it.
2: Yeah, although they did then, a little bit with the announcers. I don't know if you've seen that spot where one of the zombies actually came from under the desk and Adnan <laughs> and, and Co. they all had to run away. And then he's like, Don't worry, guys, we're here from a safe location.
1: <laughs> yeah, and the, I was like, because they always do these like holographic images for all the wrestlers, don't they? Like, they'll have the Roman Empire logo or the whole Oo-ah! like kind of thing for <laughs> Roman. So, why can't they, like I said, just have holographic images? They don't need to do anything to the Thunder though. Just add it in there to make it look a little bit more spooky or better. But I digress. This was a little bit further into the pay per view, but like you said, the most the most anybody wants to talk about from the pay per view is that, which which is a shame because Cesaro finally got his chance as well, and I thought that was a really, really, really good match. Yeah, exactly. We should be coming away
2: going this. You know, this Cesaro match was the best thing about the show or the most memorable thing about the show, but. The thing that we're all going to remember, you know, very similar to having Randy Orton and um, Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania years ago, what we remembered from that pay-per-view that WrestleMania was those whims and that really bad way that they shot it. And now every time somebody goes, WrestleMania, Backlash, we're like, oh, yeah, that one with the zombies.
1: It really was a backlash. But we will start <laughs> off with the... Um... Well, that is actually the first match that I've got on this list, Priest and Miz. So, oh, um, um, Charlotte Flair, Oscar, and Rio. Yeah. What was first. That was that okay. was the first match, wasn't it? So yeah. I mean, we all went for Rio Ripley on this one. I don't think there's much of a surprise on there. There was that worry that maybe Charlotte would come and just decide mm. that I want to be champion again and take the title. But luckily, we didn't give it back on to Charlotte. Obviously, she didn't take the pin, did she? So. No, No. she didn't
2: take the pin, but she pointed at Rhea Ripley like she was a WrestleMania sign at the end. Yeah,
0: it was a weird, it was like a weird ending, like, it was was a serious trouble, it was like back and forth, back and forth, and then Rhea, like, accidentally knocked Charlotte to the side, but she didn't like knock on the floor or anything. She knocked on the side and then she quickly, like, uh, almost, like, rolled up Asuka and then, like, one, two, three, and then Charlotte was like, oh, I can't believe you got it, and then she was pointing at Rhea like oh, I'm gonna get you back. I'm gonna get you back. But yeah, it was a bit of a weird end, bit of a strange ending. She wasn't knocked out or anything. She just knocked off the side of the ring.
1: Yeah. Do you think maybe with this whole point in this is what? Because the next pay per view was announced was Helena Cell. Helena Cell. Yeah. It, is it going to be Rhea Charlotte in a Helena Cell? Maybe. I Probably. hope so. I think yeah. that
2: match that that match will be many, and those two really can, you know, do some work with each other. Charlotte was in the first ever um, Helena Cell. Female Helen Cell as well. So I think it wish she was in there with Sasha Banks, yes. So um, Mm -hmm. I think it'll be um, a good way of building. You know, I'm the veteran. I know this cage. You're a rookie. You don't know what you're doing. I think it'd be a great match. And to be honest, we'll all be winners watching that one.
1: Yeah. Uh, Because I know they don't want to oversaturate the Helen Cell match. They're probably only going to do two, maybe three at a max. So if you had to choose between the SmackDown women's and the Raw women's, I don't know, maybe Bianca Belair will face Sasha or Bailey. Would rather see Charlotte versus Rhea in the match.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. more gr- it's more of a gritty match, you know. Um Rhea Ripley's like the hard hitting aggressive one and then Charlotte Flair ever since she came back after WrestleMania she's a lot more hard hitting aggressive. So you've got two aggressive people in the Helen Nissal structure, it's just gonna scream, you know, absolute like they're gonna knock the crap out of each other, basically. For sure.
1: Yeah, and I think that Like those two in the Hell in a Cell could actually close the show as well. I'm not sure what other matches will be announced, but you would be happy leaving that pay-per-view with that as your main event, wouldn't you? Oh,
2: 100%. But um, I think, rumour-wise, for the SmackDown side of things, the match I want to see is Jimmy Uso versus Roman Reigns, like they did last year with uh, Jey Uso and Roman Reigns. I'd love them Mm -hmm. to do that, but I think it's working towards a Seth Rollins versus Cesaro Hell in a Cell, which those two in that sort of match, That'll, that'll be an absolute classic. And it'd be nice to see how they actually incorporate the salve to their styles because Cesaro's more of a in ring grappler kind of guy, where Seth Rollins, he can just do anything he wants and pull out an incredible suit. You know, he can do whatever he likes for that. Um, but um, yeah, definitely with the raw side of things, I think that's definitely a stronger um, main event than putting, you know, um, Bobby Lashley versus uh, Drew McIntyre inside a And Although Kofi Kingston did pin Brock, um, Bobby Lashley on raw this week. So, we don't know whether they make it a triple threat or what they'll do with it, but um, they yeah, they do look like triple yourself.
1: threat matches at the moment, though, don't they? Yeah, they've been listening triple to threat the match every pay per view, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then AEW decides to do it as well. Obviously, um, after we finish recording, it was AEW Dynamite number one contendership match, and then Pack and Orange Cassidy tied, uh, both lost. So now that's a triple threat match as well. So I'm happy with that. To it's be the fair. year of triple threats. It is. <laughs> Triple threat mania, exactly. So, the, the second match that we had, um, I believe, was that the tag team match? Uh,
0: it was Ria, Asuka, and Charlotte. that it was
2: zombies,
0: the zombies was, match. I uh, it was the tag, yeah. Team. Then yeah. they led
2: into the tag match where we had the Mysterious versus Rudolph. Actually, I was quite impressed with this match as a backstage segment, um, on the pre show where. Dominic Mysterio got beaten up. Um, you know they would calling him Kid, and then they chucked him a sofa. They chucked a sofa on top of him, sponsored by DFS. Um, and then he was backstage for most of the show, and then he came to the ring. He's like, "No, Dad, I can do it. Tag me in, Dad." And then he's in the ring for about two minutes. Yeah,
0: it's like Rudolph and yeah, uh, Rudolph like beating up Rey Mysterio for like three quarters of the match, where Dominic Mysterio was nowhere to be found. And then Dominic Mysterio magically came out like holding his shoulders, like, "Oh yeah, I could do it." <laughs> and then he did do it, you know, first ever
2: father and son WWE tag team champions. Everyone is saying that it's
0: working towards a eventual split at Summerslam oh, or yeah. something like that. Dominic Mysterio's right. gotta turn on his father, Dobling Mysterio's gotta turn heel on his dad somehow. And I it's gotta be
1: that's gotta be like the SummerSlam match.
0: Is
2: but I'm happy, with, I'm
0: happy with the way it's working.
1: I mean, I, I don't think they will probably go real dark with the storyline, but there's so much stuff that they could do with it. Like in basically saying, "I wish Eddie was my dad" or something like that. That could really like hurt home and obviously make it more gritty. But whether <laughs> they actually do that, I don't know. <laughs> whether they'll get permission to actually from Vicky or anyone like that to actually use Eddie's name within the within. You just say he's disappointed. I'm bigger than you, literally, figuratively. <laughs> so. You don't the cust- go, but... like a custody of my surname match or something. Yeah, I am the real material. <laughs> but, but I think it was an okay match. Like I said, it was basically a two-on-one handicap match. Dominic came in, uh, did his little save, but he didn't even did he get the pin? I don't even remember if he actually got the pin. I'm pretty sure there was like a back-and-forth tag. Because he started getting beaten up, then he tagged Rain, I'm pretty sure it finished six-one-nine. Yeah, then... he, f-
0: he yeah. frog splashed. Frog um, Robert Root uh, Bobby Root And then Got
2: the pin Oh he needs to work On that Frog Splash Mind it was, I know he's Trying to sell An injury mode, But it was a bit robotic
1: It's not like His father's In Eddie Guerrero Is it
2: No he needs a little bit Of tweaking You know Get him on the crash Mat a few times But all in all Decent tag team match And the title Should have changed hands You know uh, WrestleMania sort of time But I'm happy That they did it On this show And I think It was a great result um, Be nice to see Who they feud with next
1: Yeah And we had that happy moment um, from the Father and Son, like the first ever to do it. I'm surprised Vince never did that with Shane. It seems something that the McMahons would have probably done, but maybe they'll come back and defeat them in a Father-Son versus Father-Son match. Well, they NFL match... Vince
2: could, you know, waddle his way down to the ring. I was because everyone keeps saying, "Oh, I wondered, did it happen with um, Randy Orton and Bob Orton Sr.?" And I think that would have been back in the day, the Attitude Era time. That would have been a good time to do it. And now they've finally done. You know, it's the first ever on a pay per view. There's not many first ever's left these days, so it was nice to see. And again, it was we all talk about the zombies, but we're also talking about the mysterious capturing the tag belts and. It gives Dominic an actual his first title. I mean, Tamina had to wait 400, was it 4,002 days for a first title win, where um, Dominic Mysterio's won it in his first year. So kudos to him.
1: And Nicholas did it in one match, retired at WrestleMania 1-0. Well, it always helps when your dad's a referee, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what was it that we had after this? We went into the the title match. I think it was, one of,
2: I don't know if we're missing a match, but I think it was, um, yeah, it led into then the two titles. We're, we're just
1: skipping the zombies. We're, we're, Bianca Bia, yeah. versus Oh, Bayley. yeah,
2: Bianca versus Bailey It was so mesmerizing. I forgot about it. It was kind of yeah. a weird finish, wasn't it? It was just a bit wooden, I think. Somebody said it, I can't remember where I heard it, but usually with house shows and stuff, those two would have done that match five six seven times before they got to the arena and actually put it on there but it was just a bit methodical nothing really happened with it it was just a bit yeah okay let's just move on to the next thing i mean we already had that match on mm. smackdown like a month ago so there was no really spark to it we all knew what the result was going to yeah, be so i think
0: ba- bailey outshone um bianca bella you know bianca bella had a feel good moment wrestle wrestlemania she beat sasha banks as dad said and on the house shows and on the Raw's and stuff and like all the in-betweens, they probably would have had matches and they probably wouldn't have had this match down. But because uh Bianca Bello hasn't been, really been in the ring since WrestleMania, she hasn't had chance to really shine up her ring game. And it really showed that, you know, Bailey was a, a, way better than her. You know, she's still trying her best to put her over, but I could really tell that Bailey was just that much of a better wrestler, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. For sure. And Bailey wasn't even at WrestleMania. She was just uh, a silly host, backstage yeah. segment.
0: Yeah. Ding dong. It's, <laughs> it's a bit of a shame that, you know, obviously the, there's no, like, house shows or, like, like off-screen time where you can practice.
1: You just have Raw and SmackDown. So that's, that's suffering. Do you think I that's think. something that they could benefit with? Because um, hmm. AEW have Dark and Elevation. So they, they have, like, three matches like three different programming that they can get matches on so yeah. i think that's what they're, they're lacking because obviously nxt is a different brand and raw and smackdown you've got this many superstars just on one show each so they're only wrestling maybe well once a week. Have, Bar training maybe but
0: we well, have made event but that's like one or two matches you used to have like velocity and heat didn't you um yeah. but i don't know they stop they don't do that anymore i don't think it's just their main event but i think you know if you had
2: the say the tag titles being defended on all three, you know, Brianna brand, you know brands or the two brands, you know, being moved around a lot more. I think you need to re- use the division. You've got, we had a segment on Raw, we had four women stood backstage, Naomi, um, Lana, um, and the Sexy Muscle friends, and they were just stood there just doing nothing. Charlotte Flair walks in, and one of them says a quip, and Charlotte Flair gets in her face, and she just, no, no, I didn't say anything, sorry. It's like, well, do you guys want the TV time or what? Like... Do stuff with your characters. All, all, it only seems to revolve around actual t- the title picture or you did something to me so I'm unhappy. They, they, they don't seem to just have a match for the sake of it. You don't see, oh, you know what, we'll put Mia Yim going up against Tamina if just randomly just because we want a random match just to see what those two can do. It just seems that they, now they're just either doing it because they're in a title picture or it'll just be... Yeah, you know, something that they've worked towards. Like, oh, you attacked me backstage three years ago, so we're having a match. You don't need to have a match, a reason to have a match all the time. Just have a match for the sake of it. You know, mm-hmm. I think it'll benefit all the
1: talent. And with Dana and Mandy, are they supposed to be heels or Lana? And are they like? Are they both face? Are they both heels? They're both
2: faces. Yeah, and they're both arguing yep. that they should have tag title shots, but instead we just really? get to see. Um, you know, the 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 former champions go back for the belts that so they just lost on SmackDown. It just it was a but I think it was mainly to um elevate Alexa Bliss um and what's going on. There was like That's a pyro okay. going off and yeah, I'm more than fine with that. And they they well, they almost burnt Reginald though. It burnt Reginald. <laughs> he was stood on like the metal steps and then Alexa came out and Lily was going <laughs> and then all of a sudden the what the cane turnbuckle started going off and um, Reginald was like nursing his face, like, rattle, like he's going to come on, like with jam on his face next week. Like you burned me.
1: <laughs> That'll be great. I was just <laughs> only asking that because all I see on Instagram, if you ever follow Lana on Instagram, it's just her dancing to TikTok videos. So I assume that's the only way that she can get over yeah, is to have a breast hanging out on Instagram dancing <laughs> to a video. <laughs>
2: Yeah. I mean, she's she's improved. I think they were saying on Talking Smack or Raw Talk that she's putting in loads of the hours. It was Raw Talk. I mean, she's went on her off days, flying to Calgary to train in the dungeon, and she's putting in all of the ring work. And yeah, there is there has been an improvement with it. And I think they will do the, the underdog storyline with her winning a belt eventually. But it's just a hard one to get around. Maybe with the Eva Marie thing coming in now, Eva Marie might you know be like the anti you know the anti women's wrestler and be more of a diva and we might get to see something with it, but it's it's hard
0: to see
1: where they Yeah, going. her
0: problems have definitely gone in the way of she wants to be like the manager and she wants to be like the supporter. Mm.
1: Like Maria Canellis in... kind of thing in New Japan. Yeah. It's just really sexy and everybody wants to look at her, not the <laughs> wrestling. Like literally, have <laughs> you ever watched any New Japan stuff with, with what were they called? I can't think of what they were called now. With the Bullet Club? No. Um, Maria Canellis and her husband, Mike Canellis. And Matt Riddle, Matt Taven, sorry. What were they called? They were like a really famous faction.
2: I can't remember. I I didn't watch much. uh, The Kingdom. The Kingdom. Yeah,
1: literally in New Japan, all it was is they were wrestling in the ring and all the cameras just go, they Maria's bum. That's literally it. (laughs) You watch it, just type in New Japan Pro Wrestling the Kingdom. It's just Maria's arse, the whole match. (laughs) Not complaining because, you know, I did that when I saw him PCW, but, you know, um, (laughs) I love her. Um, but anyway, back to WrestleMania Backlash. Two more matches. They were the WWE Universal Championship and the Heavyweight Championship. The uh, the first one was the triple threat match with Drew McIntyre, with Bobby Lashley, and my mind has just gone, Braun Strowman.
0: So awesome. I went completely blank then. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, I think it was uh, okay. Um, I know in the pay-per-view predictions... Um, it was joe said drew would win whereas everybody else went for bobby lashley i think maybe you picked on that to think you wanted to go a little bit different maybe or did you actually think he was going to win
0: um yeah i wanted it to be a bit different i mean bobby lashley's been a really good champion but i really because drew's like the first ever british champion you know i want to support him he's from the uk and i i really do want him to win the title again but i kind of expected him not to win but i just said him just to be a bit different as well, to be honest. And I've got
2: to be fair, it was a strong showing by Bobby Lashley. You know, he's a dominant champion. And then on Raw, literally every single promo on Raw was everyone going, yeah, I want to go and challenge Bobby Lashley for his WWE title. I think they had Damien Priest say he wanted to do it. They had um, Mason Teabas, Sheamus. Sheamus, and then Kofi Kingston came out, and that's when he got the surprise upset. Yeah, they did a bit, a bit of help from Drew McIntyre. But Drew McIntyre tried to, tried to accept that open challenge, and um, it was a weird segment to open Raw, actually. We had MVP going, yeah, he's open, doing an open challenge and insinuating it was for the title. Um, Drew came out and said, yeah, I accept the challenge. No, anyone that I haven't faced last night. So he did all of this kerfuffle. And then Kofi Kingston, who's already beaten Randy Orton in, you know, earlier in the night, then has that match. But Kofi got the upper hand, he got the roll-up pin. So you know, it makes it strong. It's the first time that Bobby's been pinned since he's champion. So it was, Decent to see that they're maybe potentially freshen it up, but I've got a feeling that we are still working towards Drew versus Bobby potentially in a hell in the cell at Hell in the Cell pay-per-view. But it'd be interesting to see over the next couple of weeks how they, they work that. But the, the match at Backlash, yeah, you know, it's nice to see Strowman being highlighted as well. But it's just a solid big people fighting each other match. You know, it's good to watch. They they incorporated the um actual um arena. They were using all of those LED boards and fighting with each other. Um, all around the arena with the Thunderdome, so I think it, it looked really good as well, almost like an old school, you know, Falls Count Anywhere match.
1: Yeah, I think pretty- with this, with with Braun Strowman, not not Braun Strowman, with Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre, I think it's one of those that's probably going to be prolonged till SummerSlam. Fans will be in the arena, and that's probably when Drew's going to get his moment because you everyone you thought it would happen at WrestleMania, but. I've really enjoyed Bobby Lashley as champion. He's been a good champion. He's he's fought well. He's like he yeah. had some good matches. So I'm thinking it's most likely going to be SummerSlam. Whether they actually do Bobby versus Drew for the seventh time in a row, hell <laughs> in the cell, we don't know. But what are you going to say, Joe?
0: Um, I just I was just going to say I thought it was a pretty decent match. You know, it was pretty hard hitting,
1: and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Fair. But we go on to the main event, which. I think with Cesaro, you know he's a hard worker and he finally got his moment. This one took me by surprise as being a really, really strong match. I, I don't know if Meltzer has rated it yet, but I would probably give it a high four. Yeah, oh, for sure. It was great. And I think the ending was a little bit... Yeah, OK,
2: he beat him clean, but then Aftermath, where we're having Seth Rollins come out and attack him and we got yeah. Jey Uso coming out and attacking him. I think the Aftermath, this could have been done on SmackDown. It didn't need to be done on Backlash. It could have been... You know, I would have quite happily have had Cesaro come out and done a, you know do a promo on SmackDown and say, "Okay, you got the better of me, but um, I'm going to get the better of you next time." And that's when Seth Rollins comes out and attacks him. I don't think it was needed on the pay per view, but as you mentioned, the match itself puts Cesaro over, shows that he's one of these people who can hang with it's the big just guys. The,
0: it's to build Cesaro and make him a main event player going forward. And... Oh, for sure, and I think they they have done that now. You need you need opponents, you need believable opponents for Roman Reigns. You know he's faced. He's faced Kevin Owens loads of times, you know. Cesaro's a new person to come up in ranks, and he is believable opponent against Roman Reigns.
1: Yeah, so sure? with with Roman Reigns, is is there anyone on this roster that you can think who is he gonna drop that title to? Like looking down the line, do you think it's just gonna be a cheap Money in the Bank win and then a cash in that way for him to lose the title?
0: I would say the only one I could see like fans like mega popping for like as SummerSlam would be, somebody like Big E. Because Big E's so over and he's such a good... He's like a massive face and he's on such a tear in the minute. And obviously, Roman Reigns is such a big,
1: you know, massive heel. It's interesting you say that as well, because I'm pretty sure with the bookies at the moment, Big E is the favourite at this moment in time for the Money in the Bank match.
0: Nice.
2: I mean, my prediction is Seth Rollins. You know, I'd quite like to see this Seth Rollins versus this Roman Reigns. You know, a cool um, a cool heel versus um, a cool heel, to be fair. You know, you, I don't think in a lot of cases you need a face versus heel in a main event. Those two having a match would be class. And you're seeing the seeds are being sown. You know, sort your family out. Otherwise, I will um, a couple of weeks ago when Jimmy Uso um, cost Seth Rollins that match. So you can already see that they're sowing the seeds with it. And, you know, the, the Seth the Drip Rollins coming out, you know, all flashier, you know, I'm the Messiah, I'm the Chosen One. And then you got Roman Reigns, you know, I'm the one who made you in the Shield. I think it'd be a money match. Um, but, yeah, I can see Biggie potentially doing it, but I think he needs to work on his in, in his promos in a way, um, but he definitely needs to have a little bit more of a run with that Intercontinental scene at the moment. I know they've got a or tr- four-way this week on SmackDown for the belts. Um, but, yeah, so shake it up a little bit. And who knows? I think those two probably strong contenders to potentially
1: take him. I completely agree with the end of the pay-per-view being a little bit anticlimactic. Uh, not as anticlimactic as the AEW recent uh, endings, but, you know, because <laughs> uh, I thought they were teasing or oh, Seth Rollins is going to come out and, like, go face-to-face with Roman Reigns, but then he, like said, he just beats down on Cesaro and then... That was basically the end of the pay-per-view it was a little bit anticlimactic if they just finished it with the whole holding the belt up we are used to that kind of finish so it was a bit of a strange finish for them to go with so maybe like you said have it on smackdown would have been a little bit more sensible Mm. but so that's the end of the pay-per-view overall how how would you give it out of out of the stars hmm sex i think i'll go for i think i'll go for a sex this time yeah joe yeah
0: Five and a half, six years. We set aside. It was very predictable, but in a good way, I would say. Like it, there was nothing like horrible in the pay per view. It was an, an overall enjoyable match. You know, I could have done without the zombies, but you know, hey, whatever. <laughs> they, need to, they, they need to pay their bills, so yeah, that's fine. Hey,
2: we got to see Ricochet nicking um, Sheamus's hat and coat and doing a little jig. And so what more do you want? Did you
1: yeah. see that I'm Rob? Actually.
2: Yeah, they did the they same thing just on Ronnie. He, he came out. He's like, "You're wearing me hat, and you're wearing me. You're wearing me scarf. You're wearing me jacket." And then he well, chased look, that. He
1: did an Irish accent as
2: well. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was
0: a little bit stale. Bless it. Um, you know, There's something different now. I'll give him that. Like you know, he's faced on Beato Creo. Um, he's faced what um, Mansoor, and now he's facing Ricochet. So at least they're trying to do something a bit different. So you know. Roy's complaining on his podcast that they're always the same <laughs> matches and Roy's a bit crap. But, you know, fair play to Sheamus. He's 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 trying to help these like younger talents and put them over. So, yeah. fair play to Ricochet. He did, and we, he did a good job.
2: We saw Mansoor as a lumberjack this week as well, on the proper lumberjack And Nicky Cross. Yeah, Nicky Cross as well. I was trying to think back when the last time we saw... Uh, a female talent, as a lumberjack. I don't know whether it would be Lita as a manager or maybe Jacqueline was out as one, but it's, it's been a while. But I think Nikki Cross worked out really well. I think just seeing her there, we all were all excited. We're like, oh, wow, Nikki's out. She got a little spot where she did a little ground and pound and then threw him back in the ring. Actually, I preferred the match more on Raw than I did on Backlash of the, the Lumberjack because we actually got to see wrestlers around the ring the only thing that annoyed me is you could see um if you watch carefully and see ricochet and um shelton benjamin having like a cool little chat at ringside going oh my yeah. spot's coming up in a second and then all of a sudden cedric attacks him from behind i'm thinking hang on a minute um you've got ali he's meant to hate everybody and he's just there ringside just having a general chat with shelton you're like well come on mate your ringside bit of kayfabe works wonders you know us old school fans we remember the kayfabe days
1: I think like so without having fans there though they're a little bit more relaxed aren't they they probably think oh they're not going to pick this up because there's no fans over there they can't because i know you probably haven't seen the thunderdome but the thunderdome sees exactly what the tv sees you're not seeing it from your seat so it's just the basically the tv view so if the cameras aren't on them like i said they can be a little bit more relaxed and just do what they want but that's kind of bad in a way, like you say, because they can just talk to each other thinking that they're off screen when actually no one, no one can see them, but they can. So. Yeah, we can spot you. And the thing is, I love Lumberjack matches because the
2: one thing I do is look around the ring and go, who's that guy? Who's that guy? Who's that guy? Who's that guy? I think we did it with uh, Chad Gable. If you, um, you know, when he first cut his hair, I remember Taron going, who's that guy he stood ringside? I'm like, oh, Chad Gable, <laughs> that is that. Huh? Or it could have been in a battle royale. And you always have to look to see who's in each of these matches, especially on like an NXT. You're like, oh, who have they got in this match? And you're having no look. So when you're seeing them having a little chat ringside, you thinking you're breaking kayfabe. I get we've got heels one side and faces the other. But wasn't Ali just trying to cancel the entire show and educate everybody and who's feuding with the hurt business? And now all of a sudden, he's best mates with Shelton ringside. Just it didn't add up. But the, you know, the casual fan probably wouldn't have picked up on that. But it stood out like a sore thumb to me.
1: Yeah. So that was the end of the, the pay per view discussion. Just to go over the scores. Uh, as they stand, we have got Dan on 21, yeah, buddy. Joe on 23, Taron on 22, and I'm top with 28. So, Where's Brad? Uh, I don't, Brad, I mean, he doesn't count, does he, anymore? I mean, we're all beating <laughs> yeah. Brad now anyway, aren't we? Yeah, um, I'm not last. So. <laughs> <laughs> um So Did that's not it finish. really for... WrestleMania Backlash Um, there was a documentary that aired just Mm. after Backlash which was the WWE Icons series episode 3 Rob Van Dam, so I didn't realise there was two more before this yeah. Was it Beth Phoenix and Yokozuna? That's that right. Yeah. That's right. Have yeah. you wa- have you watched all of them? All of them, yeah, and they're really well made. And as you alluded
2: to last week, you know, it's the first time that Vince McMahon is truly having a speaking role. And he was talking quite a bit all the way through it. And it was nice to see. Um, Rob gave a good little way. You know, I think it, it worked quite well. It's a story because he was saying about his marijuana usage and he went to Jamaica. Um and he, he never really no, you have to, you have to be one of the boys. Um and then it ended by saying that he's starting his own business and he's got his own shops and it's legal in certain, you know, areas of America. Um, but it worked out well. You know, he's saying about how he went over to Raw and WWE wanted to sign him, but he wanted to help elevate uh the ECW brand, but you know, and he wasn't taking a paycheck a lot of the time. I thought it, it shined him in a really, really good light. Um and it you could tell WWE made it, it was really well made. And I again I wasn't bored all the way through it. I was enjoying watching every bit of it. And I was even pointing to jurors. Like, oh, this is when we started watching it. I remember this bit, like with the invasion angle. Yeah. Like, this is when we started, like, properly watching wrestling. Um, and he was the invasion, you know, he was the ECW portion. And he was in that five on five Survivor Series match. So, showed that they did have a lot of stock in him as well.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: And I think as well, I didn't realize he was on ECW and WWE at the same time because I know they alluded to it in the documentary that Vince McMahon was basically giving them money and obviously taking talent off them and obviously kind of vice versa with rvd going between the brands and that's how it all started in what 1997 when jerry lawler called him mr monday nights and then jerry lawler was going to and from ecw as well apparently with him in cebu and they had like a whole little rivalry thing going on in the 1997 which is a bit weird like said i didn't really know that
0: well, there was one episode of Raw, like War Raw, Raw is War where like all of E C W like turn up in like the front row where it's like Sandman, Tommy Dreamer, R V D, Raven, uh, I can't remember what episode of Raw it is. It was like ninety six, ninety seven, where they all yeah. and there's a couple of episodes of Raw where like the E C W talent, like wrestle on Raw. There's like a yeah. big storyline for a couple of weeks on there, which so was really good.
1: Yeah. And as I said, this is way before the, the invasion actually happened in 2001 as well. But mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this. I haven't watched the Beth Phoenix or the, the Yokozuna one, but I really enjoyed the, the Rob Van Damme one. There is actually um, a revisited as well. I don't know if you guys have seen that. There's a Dewey Dewey Icons revisited. It has a bit more interviews kind of Mac, Matt Riddle was on this one, which I'm sure they've got a lot in common. But um, <laughs> but like I said, I, I really enjoyed it. They're, I know we were talking about it before. Some stuff that you didn't really know when he was like eighteen, and he gets in the ring and kisses De- Ted DiBiase's foot for a hundred dollars.
2: And he said, "Oh, if I, you know, lasted a little bit longer, I probably could have got a And He's like, "This is my first ever wrestling money." <laughs> yeah.
1: And <Yeah>. um, <laughs> just to see how he developed his skills. I know obviously he's got that kickboxing background, but it's nice to see how he how he developed those skills and and how he got there. And you could see he was a loyal servant to ECW and that, and he was the one that. Pitched the idea for ECW One Night Stand as well.
2: Yeah, and it all worked out. I mean, I I enjoyed the ECW One Night Stand, the one and two. I thought they were really great shows. But then we had, you know, he pitched the TV series as well, and he had that DUI, and we all know how that ended. He had his belt taken off him. Big Show had the belt, and nobody really cared. Um, But you know what all in all solid show gives you if you didn't really know much about rvd it it gives a good light on him and they've uh, i had a look on the network earlier they were doing his like best ever matches and usually i don't watch those they're at three and a half hours long and they're they're a bit much even for me who watches everything but that's something that i'd quite happily stick on because you know they'll just keep rolling through all of the memories and all of the good shows from ecw to old school raw you know all the way across like memorable pay-per-views and Money in the bank so i think that'll definitely be a watch might be something that i put on this week
1: I think it's definitely one of the things that I know the alluded to in the documentary. He's probably one of the most underrated performers in wrestling because he doesn't get the credit he deserves as he is one of the most unique performers in the ring. No one can do anything that he does really. He was one of a kind to to obviously to say that. But <laughs> he only had one WWE world title. He only, he only held it once and then it got stripped from him because he got a DUI.
2: I'm glad they gave him the belt though, because I remember yeah. back in the day they were all saying, Oh, he's the greatest wrestler ever to win the WWE title. And they were always saying that about him for ages. You know, and then they gave him the belt and he screws it up because he ends up being high driving.
0: Yeah, um, but they always said on, on this documentary, like he always did things his own way, like he wouldn't let anyone tell him to do anything as you know, a certain way. He would just like go his own path. Like sometimes it's his own judgment, but he's like, you know, I'm in the Hall of Fame, so I must have done something right. So people were telling me to do this, you know, cut my hair, to act a certain way. He's like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm just going to do what I want to do.
1: Yeah. And fair play to him. Like I said, even as as a heel when he came in during the um, during the um, invasion angle, everyone was still cheering him. He was one of those guys that couldn't really get over as a massive heel because everyone loved him uh, for the character that he was. Um it's not a lot of people that can just be loved just for being a wrestler, and no matter what, what character they're playing, still get no matter what, always get a pop ski. I remember
2: that Royal Rumble, he um, came back in a few years back, he'd always get a pop ski. You know, everybody was well happy to hear that. Um, you know, he's my prediction for. Hall of Fame, you know, the minute we saw that he left um, Impact. But it was nice to see see that they actually incorporated Katie Forbes in it as well. It shows how she was helping him being by his side and he's found love again. So I think it was very well structured and it flowed really well through, you know, it had a start, a middle, an end. And it highlighted loads of people who were influential in his career. So, you know, all in all, people who are listening, if you haven't watched it, definitely check it out because it's, it's one of the strongest ones I've seen.
1: Yeah, definitely. that's great. Yeah, it's, it's one of the best ones I've watched uh, in a while. I know we were going to talk a little bit about uh, Nick Gage and the Dark Side of the Ring, uh, but have you guys watched that yet?
2: No, I haven't seen any of it. I, I mean, I've listened to a few pods where they have mm. talked about it, and there's a few people saying, um, you know, that they want to see him potentially have, you know, I like six month run in WWE, not like signed to them, but where he could have a few speciality mm. matches and be highlighted. But no, I haven't seen it. But you know, it makes me want to go and check out some of his matches because. Before Dark Side of the Ring, I didn't really know much. Oh, yeah. he did, didn't
1: oh, really uh, know much about him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't laugh um, um, there, but, so. I I see one uh, Nick Gage match um, on um, David. You cannot kill David Arquette when he like tries to get back into the wrestling business. He goes like all around East Coast Indies. There's one bit where he does like a death match with a light tube death yeah. match, and he like slices all of his back up with a death tube. I think yeah. that is when Nick Gage...
1: Yeah, it is because um, David Arquette's actually on the documentary as well for The Dark Side of the Ring. And he says, yeah, I I had no idea what a deathmatch was, but I thought I'd go for it anyway. (laughs) And he said, they went out for dinner the night before and David Arquette only had one rule. Don't cut me. That was it. Just don't cut me. And uh, obviously he gets the pizza cutter out (laughs) and just puts it over his head puts it in his mouth like he did to John Moxley years before as well. And then there was one point he, he got really annoyed with it, David Arquette, and just decided to just, like, basically move to, like, obviously try and turn around and punch him. And the light tube went straight into his neck and cut his neck open. Yeah, which, that's you know.
0: it. If you watch You Cannot Kill David Arquette, that's in there as well. Yeah. he's got, like, the towel on his neck. And everything. I'm rushing
2: to the hospital going, right, I need a medic.
0: I need a medic now. And then
2: <laughs> running straight
1: into <laughs> his gear. And then Nick Gage just basically calling a little uh, Hollywood prima donna bitch, basically, in the documentary <laughs> as well. Um, but it is very good. I'll, I'll probably save it to watch, uh, to talk about a little bit more next week when Taryn can talk about it as well. But I just wanted to just ask you guys if you have watched it. Um, but we will go into our big news this week. Uh, I've got a few things that I've managed to pick out, but I think the main one that we have to start off with is another Mass NXT release. Um, yeah,
0: there's quite a few, few there, but like I have all the names on there, like are not big big names. You know hmm, I don't think. I would disagree with that. I mean,
2: Jamie, I don't know if you want to run through each. I've, the got, I've
1: got the list, yeah. So we've, we've got Alexander Wolf, uh, Vanessa Bourne, Kavita Devi. Is that I'm spelling that right? Duke, Duke uh, Kavita Devi, yeah. Devi, yeah. Uh, Jasmine Duke. I yeah. don't what's N X T. So if I butcher these names, I apologize. No, you're doing fine. Uh, Ezra Judge. Skylar Story and a referees Jake Clemens and Drake Virtz. Yeah, I mean,
2: from what I understand, I'll run through them. If I miss any, let me know. There's a, like one yeah. or two I don't know, but we'll start with Skylar Story. She's known as Brandy Lauren. On um, she was on Impact for a good two years. Uh, one of she never won the Impact World uh, Women's Cycle, but she was one of those ones who was there. Um, but she was one of those. You remember the um, sign loads of evolved talents at uh, this time last year when they bought. Evolved, she was one of those ones we came across, and I've seen quite a lot of her work. Um, a lot of it's on the WWE network. She is a solid worker, and I've seen her on Instagram she's hitting loads of like um, personal targets in the PC and stuff. So it's quite surprising why they have got rid of her. Um, they renamed her Sky the story, they were gonna they, they brought her back in. and that, There was this battle royal where Indy Hartwell was protecting Candice LeRae, she was in that battle royal, and that's the only NXT match I think I've seen her in. Um, But she was one of those ones I was watching out for. I think she's going to be really, really good if they actually debut her properly. But now they brought in so many new people like Suri and um, Stark and all of the other ones. They're getting more of a spotlight. So I think on NXT, it's harder to highlight the women that they've got because they've got so many women there. Uh, But we were Jessamine Duke, from what I hear, um, they actually said to her, the door is open. If she can improve her wrestling... Um, you know, an actual in-ring wrestling ability, Um, she's welcome back in. But she was doing the up, up, down, down uh, digital stuff for the network. So she was moving more towards a backstage. But I think they realised that they have enough people who can do that anyway. So they said, well, you know, if you actually can grapple a little bit more, I know she can do the MMA She's one of the horsewomen as well. Yeah, one of the horsewomen. So I think if they do a horsewomen versus horsewomen, she can come back in quite easily. But I think they wanted to do an independent run you know, go away um, like um, Shayna Baszler did, go away like a stardom or something and actually learn off other people and, and get a bit more of a background because she was, if you look at all the four horsewomen of MMA, she was the bottom of the pack out of all four yeah. of her. So I think that that one will work quite well. Um, but with Alexander Wolf, apparently he requested um, his release. I don't know if he, need, he wanted to go back to Germany or you know, his personal issues. We, we don't really know, but apparently it was a request from himself. Um, you know, he, he's a decent worker, um sorry that I think that one's hit us all. I think we're all quite surprised because they had a really good match and it looked like they were building Killian Dane um, you know, and then like a, a sanity kind of thing, like a reunion. Um but um turns out that they dropped him from Imperium mainly because they wanted to go, you know, and let him have his release. There's it's not to say that he can't come back. He's a decent, solid worker, but all in all, um it is quite a big surprise. Um but the the one referee as well, um, apparently he was into his conspiracies and he had a lot of like, nuclear heat. Yeah,
1: I was going to um, go in a little bit further into this because after yeah. it happened, I decided to read a little bit further into it. So he had a lot of heat backstage because he refused to wear a mask. <laughs> uh, so he refused to wear a mask. And he also, um, like I said, he argued about children wearing masks as it helps with sex trafficking. This was during some kind of conference that he had so he was basically backstage at one of the events wearing his nxt gear in a video conference with some obviously florida congressmen and stuff and he's basically talking about children shouldn't wear masks because it helps with sex trafficking or something along those lines i was like all right fair enough and he also walked out of a black lives matter speech after in your house which was conducted by triple h I mean, you don't walk out of Triple H regardless of the subject anyway, but to walk out of a Black Lives Matter-like speech, um, obviously about inclusivity and stuff, I think, yeah. like I said, he did have a lot of heat and a lot of people felt uncomfortable around him due to, obviously, these conspiracies and stuff. But he's been in it since, what, I want to say 2014. He was one of the... Yeah. Uh, he refereed, like, Ronda Rousey's first few matches as well. Um, yeah, he's a well-known roster. ref. And he was actually... He was on Tuesday on NXT this week. I pointed it
2: out to Joe because the new, obviously the news broke. We watch NXT a little bit later. I was like, "Oh, Joe, that's the referee. That's the one that was, re- you know, released." You know, it's quite surprising to see. Um, but I think when you learn the background of what's been going on and you know his opinions on certain things, WWE has so many different sponsors and has to have a certain reputation. You know, and at the end of the day. You yeah, know, I don't know the guy personally, but you know, walking out on certain meetings like that and certain comments like that as well, they're not the, the nicest things that people are going to get behind, they're, they're you know, quite horrible things to do and say, and and you know, especially with Triple H, you, you know, he's your boss. You don't, you know, you show your respect to your boss as well. So you are showing all these, they are red flags and you're thinking, well, okay, maybe he needs to go away, get his head straight. But again, we don't know the person. We don't know what's happened. We're just reading off the rumor sites. But if it is true what we are reading, you know, I can understand why, he, unfortunately, he has had his release.
1: Well, like I said, there is a video of him during this conference thing talking about sex trafficking and children and masks and stuff you can you can watch it online i watched it and i was like still like i said wearing his nxt gear you can see the nxt on his shirt and stuff it's it's a little bit crazy but you know I, i'm not going to like disregard and everybody's entitled to beliefs. if you don't want to wear a mask you don't want to wear a mask i mean that's up to you at the end of the day you should because you know it's the law i know it isn't in florida <laughs> yeah. but you know there you go but uh, that that was the NXT release. Do you think any of them will go on to maybe Impact or AEW or? Yeah, brandy
2: Lauren has got a high regard. Um, you know, she can go back to Impact in a heartbeat. I can see her going to AEW. They they need women like it. She's really really good. Um, so I can see her going to AEW. Um, Alexander Wolf, I would predict that he'd go back over to Europe. Um, potentially, we might see him crop back up on the NXT UK in a few years once he's gone back home and seen his family. Um. And, yeah, Jessamyn Duke may come back if she can actually pick up on a bit of the in-ring. Um, but with, I think, Vanessa Bourne, I, that's one we haven't really touched on. She's been highly touted. You know, former um, she was a former cheerleader, and she's been on a lot of classic matches as well. Like, we've seen her um, do quite a bit. So she could be somebody that does quite well. Um, I could see her potentially going across to an Impact or even an AEW as well. She's, she's already built. She's ready to go. So, yeah, I could see that happening
1: yeah I was, I was quite surprised that you said, with the whole like previous cheerleader thing as well um i was gonna say just looking at her a little bit as well she gives me a little bit of like a, a layla type, kind of vibe yes. and obviously layla was obviously really big during that time but, but like so maybe to maybe she goes to aw gets a little bit bigger over there as she, well she's
0: a gimmick loads of times like um she had like a texas gimmick didn't she done
1: she yes. came
0: out with like um like a texas flag outfit and then um, they've changed a the gimmick a couple of times, and I don't know whatever for whatever reason it just nothing ever really worked. I find the thing
1: that worked for her, yeah. Yeah,
2: they tried to. I think that when she was on NXT a few years ago, they teamed her with Aaliyah, and they were doing this whole um, "We're better than you" gimmick, you know, when we're with the Mean Girls. And then when Aaliyah got with the Robert Stone brand, I honestly thought that uh, Vanessa Bourne was going to go across with that, but they've got Jesse Khmer at the moment. She's absolutely smashing it. So. Yeah, what, what apparently what they were going to do as well, they were, doing, were going to do this um, like Charlie's Angels-like gimmick on SmackDown a few months back. They were going to have Chelsea Green, Vanessa Bourne, and Santana Garrett, and they were going to be like a Charlie's Angels. Um, but now we can see two out of the three of those have now been released, so it would be interesting to see. They need to do something with Santana Garrett, because apparently she is on the SmackDown roster. The last time we saw her was at the Royal Rumble, so... It'd be interesting to see if they do do something with Santana Garrett because she was part of that plan as well and she's you know and i have mentioned her name now, but if you said oh name me, uh, um female wrestler on SmackDown, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't even know she was there.
1: No. No, yeah, definitely. Um I did pick out some other news then do it. Obviously, um New Jack has passed away at the age of fifty eight due to a heart attack. Mm. um as well which came as a bit of a surprise considering everything that he's gone through in his life i know whether they haven't said if it's drugs or anything like that as well it just says heart attack but um condolences goes to new jack and his uh, family yeah and then I, i've got some big aw slash news but before i do AEW world champion kenny omega has been announced to face andrade at Triple A's yeah. Triple Mania 29 for the Triple A Mega Championship. That is going to which be the first Was that Andrade's first match since leaving WWE? Yes, I would think so.
2: I believe so. I think that's going to be a hell of a match. And Kenny Omega, he's a workhorse. He's going around all these companies defending all these belts. Yeah, um, I haven't watched Triple A AAA event before, I've seen clips, but this is one that I definitely want to watch. So, you know, those 2 It'd
0: be money. Yeah, I think we. I I've briefly mentioned it last week that um, Andrade tweeted Omega, "Oh, I want a match." I, I I honestly didn't think that he would agree to it, but obviously, Kenny Omega's watched Andrade's work in NXT and WWE thinks highly enough of him to agree to it. So, it'll pre a pretty decent match, definitely.
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be um, intriguing to, to actually watch. Like I said, I've never watched any triple A stuff as well, even if I just watched that match. Like I said, it's definitely money on there. But with AEW, um, they have announced that they are moving to TNN in 2022 yeah. and leaving TNT. However, starting August 13th, we'll have a Friday night show of TNT AEW Rampage.
2: Rampage. Yeah, I think it's a really good deal. Apparently, it's an eight figure um there was a deal with Time Warner to have them um have a the show with them and they're bringing in that extra Friday show that apparently is going to air after SmackDown, so we're not going to have a Friday night wars, it's going to be afterwards. But, you know, it's 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 great. They've got so much talent. They've got about 57,000 stables that they need to showcase mm. every single week. So, yeah, it only works for the the better, um more eyes on the product. Um, And it just goes to show that they are doing something right. People are saying, oh, you know, they don't know how to work their product and they're a failing company. Well, this goes to show they're not. They've just made eight figures. Um, And it shows, you know, Tony Khan's doing an excellent job. So it's it's only good news, I think.
1: Yeah, I think especially over here anyway, um, because on Monday, like I said, you have AEW Dark Elevation. Tuesday you have AEW Dark. Wednesday you've got Dynamite. And now Friday you're going to have Rampage. I mean just like wwe you've got four out of the five nights of pure like it's just the like AEW content so to say that they, they're not doing it right they're doing exactly what wwe are doing they've got basically every night nearly throughout the week of wrestling and i think the only thing i was concerned with which was taryn did mention to me yesterday when we were speaking are tnt smaller than tnt because i i thought it was the other way around like tnn or, Like better, like really, is it is it cast as a downgrade going from
2: no, an upgrade? Um, more people, more people watch TNN, and it's um on more channels in America. So, um, people, the casual audience are flicking through, go, oh, hang on a minute, what's oh, there's Chris Jericho, I know him, and they'll watch it. So more
0: eyeballs
1: are on it. It's only a good thing. Yeah,
0: there's like there's TNN, there's NBC,
1: and. They're your yeah. free base. They're your free basic cable channels, aren't they? Um, yeah. So you, you basically they're like our ITV and BBC. That that's what I thought anyway. But Tom was saying, no, oh, no, like when WCW was dying, they decided to put on TNN and got rid of it from TNT. Whereas TNT is a more premium channel. Yeah. But obviously, TNN will be like your channel three, a uh, channel three, ITV three, basically. Yeah,
2: so there got so many uh, channels in America. In ITV the one,
1: sorry.
2: <laughs> no, I got you. Yeah. I got
1: you. <laughs> you
2: yeah, know, I think yeah back in the day back in the 90s it used to be a lot different but now with the internet and stuff and all of these channels that tnn does have more people watching um so i think it is only a good thing um and th- yeah. they've got them on there we've got we get an extra wrestling show out of it i just hope over in the uk you know especially with anthony Go- gogo flying the flag for us that we're gonna have them i'd love them to be on prime to my tv i, don't, I can't see where they don't do it i know they got jonathan ross on on that slot, um, on the normal
1: ITV, so that may be one of the reasons, but put it straight on after Jonathan I, Ross I say put it live, why not I mean, yeah. what are they doing, they're probably just showing some gambling show anyway, aren't they like, bet, <laughs> bet live, or whatever but um, like I said, I, I just decided to get AEW Plus, so I can watch it on demand like the day after, rather than waiting till the Friday night, I know it's only a day or so extra, but yeah. like I said I enjoy the product that's on there, and like I said, it's the first time since I want to say over 50, 10, 15 years that I've bought a pay-per-view because I'm obviously the WWE Network. So I'm buying the pay-per-views because the AEW product has shown me something that I want to pay for. So yeah. I'd happily pay £5 a month to watch all of these programs. Like I I know some of them are on YouTube, but I'm going to have AEW Dark, Elevation, Dynamite, and now this Rampage as well, all on Fight TV for, what, four forty nine a month? I would happily pay for that yeah
2: can't complain and you know i, I i'm a happy fan of the wb network i pay 9.99 for that you know i have yeah. to pay for bt as well to watch um, raw and smackdown live you know it's, it's okay. only a small expense if you think about it it's a cost of two you know probably the cost of a premium
1: coffee so you might as well exactly and my last news on a w is Again, we are going to go a little bit deeper within this next week as Double or Nothing is next Sunday on the 30th. The 31st, one of them, I can't remember off the top of my head. uh, Double or Nothing, but the AEW Stadium Stampede matches back. It is the Pinnacle versus the Inner Circle in a Stadium Stampede where if the Inner Circle lose, they have to disband. Mm.
2: And we all know Chris Jericho is going on a Fuzzy throw in a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, it, it's interesting because I know the last one happened during the pandemic, so I don't know if they're going to have fans within the Jacksonville Jaguars Stadium whilst this match is on, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I doubt it because it's going back and forth between all the different areas. I know, like, with Matt Hardy, had that pool of reincarnation and stuff and <laughs> came back as version one, didn't he, and stuff. But That's um nice. I think, like, cause, cause, like I said, they do have a full capacity, for AW Double or nothing, so they are going to probably have to watch this match as maybe a pre recorded match because of Chris Jericho's injury. Yeah, but I, I mean, I really enjoyed the first one last year. Uh, I don't know if you guys feel the same as well. Like, I'm looking forward to MGF can't do any wrong in my eyes. I, I absolutely love the man, so
2: I still remember that buggy shot with Sammy Guevara. So, yeah, yeah, yeah it was
0: it was quite good last year. It's like something different, definitely.
2: Maybe it would be a decent show, and um, yeah, I think it's the 29th or the thirtieth of May, um, and it's bank holiday uh, for us here in the UK, so we were, most of us have got the Monday off. So I've not stayed up for a
1: uh, AEW pay per view, but never say never. You never know; it might be my first one. Yeah, uh, I think the whole, the whole thing with AEW they used to do them on Saturdays, but I think they've gone to decide to do the Sundays now as well. Uh, but I know, like last year, most of them were on the Saturdays, you know, just to hopefully try and get more more viewers. But I think the last two have been on a Sunday. So I'm sure it's the 30th. Like, I'm pretty sure it's Sunday the 30th. Either way, it's next weekend, whether that's the 29th or the 30th. We'll go into it more next week when we, t- yes. we put on the matches. But there are nine confirmed matches so far oh, after wow. Dynamite last night, um, which, again, it's, um, we'll go into next week. Which is weird because usually when we record our programs, it's like a preview of Dynamite. Whereas we're not really reviewing it because I don't, I don't know if any guys have you seen the results from Dynamite.
2: I've seen it. Yeah, it looked pretty decent. They've announced some more people for the Casino Battle Royale. Be interesting to see who's going to be the Joker in that match. Um, but yeah, all in all, um, AW keeps pulling out the solid shows. Um, and the Miro match that they booked. I know we're going to talk about it next week, but Miro versus Lance Archer, along with um Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Gogo, those two matches are the ones I'm highlighting as ones that can steal the show. Because we were talking a couple of weeks ago, oh, who's going to buy the pay per view based on Orange Cassidy versus Kenny Omega? But now you look at it and you go, well, that pay per view actually looks stacked with the matches you just booked, so I'm well happy. And we've got the in ring, um, the actual in ring debut in the first match since. 2015
1: of Sting! <laughs> I mean, I mean we're, we're talking about it, so we might as well go a little bit more uh, in depth with it. I will go over the nine matches that have so far been announced. We won't do any predictions or anything, but like I said, you've got the Young Bucks versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston for the tag mm-hmm. titles, Sting and Darby mm-hmm. Allen versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. You've got the, uh, the Stadium Stampede match between the Pinnacle and Inner Circle. Like you said, Miro versus Lance Archer for the, the TNT Championship. Will that become the TNN Championship? Who knows? <laughs> um, Hangman Page versus Brian Cage in the Battle of the Ages. Um, you've got the Casino Battle Royale, Cody Rhodes versus Gogo, And then you've got Hikira Shida versus The Doctor, Britt Baker for the AEW Women's World Championship, and then, like I said, the uh, three-way match between Orange Cassidy, Pac, and Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship. So, I mean, looking at those nine matches, I mean, well, that
0: sounds really that I sounds don't really mind sad.
1: paying for it, because, I mean, over here in the UK, we have to pay 19.99 if we want to watch it live through Fight TV. I know. I know. I was saying last week I'd happily do it regardless if it was just Orange Cassidy and and Kenny Omega, but you're yeah, adding those other eight matches. The Stadium Stampede match alone, yeah. would probably will probably add that up there. So, like you said, it's Bank Holiday, so are, are you guys probably going to stay up for it? Me,
2: me do, me do. I mean, you saw me trying to stay up for WrestleMania. I fell asleep by about about past two. But, you that's know, the it's good, like seven hours, though. I give it a think good it? college try. The minute they started that range later, I'm like, oh, God, right, I'm just on bed now. But, um, yeah, it's it's definitely, with looking at that card, uh, you know, I tried to stay up for the first ever one, um, and it was really good in the UK because we got to see the buy-in, and that was on ITV4. They did it, like, 12 o'clock at night until 1 o'clock in the morning. Yes, for you American fans, we have to stay up until 1 o'clock in the morning to watch a pay-per-view. But you know, that's um, when it
1: starts. We have to stay up till 4 a.m. to when it's finished. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and we're all, you know, some of us have work the next day, you know. That's why we like the the Saudi shows and the, the London shows, even the Japan shows, because they're on a lot earlier for us to be able to watch them. But you know what, dedication, we're good fans. We don't mind staying up for that. Um, but yeah, this one looks pretty decent. But you mentioned as well, will the TNT title change to the TNN title? Um, part of me thinks no, because apparently they're um, bringing in um, super shows where they're having four super shows on TNT. Um, so they'll keep the TNT title because they're still affiliated with TNT, um, but they're doing like a super show. So like matches you never thought you'd see, um, you know, like Joey Janela versus Wardlow. That's going to be on there. I think, <laughs> like I just the thing two random AEW stars. Then I thought, oh, yeah. who are the biggest ones that I know? Wardlow. Yeah, we'll put him in there.
1: <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it doesn't wrestle that much, so you know, it's kind of um, you don't really see it a lot, especially in singles competition, anyway. But I think that's basically all the news that I can see from this week, unless any there of you guys have seen something. I have not
2: one other bit um, just before we um, started to record. Will Osprey, he's having to vacate his uh, IWGP World Heavyweight Title due I to did back injury. That, which is yeah. a crying shame because he's a great wrestler. But, you know, you need to look after your health first. It's great that he's actually won the belt, but at least it means it moves on to somebody and the belt can actually be defended more and more and more. Um, but it is a shame. You know, You know he worked really hard for that. Um, but he's just going to be on the shelf having to recover. But hopefully, speedy recovery to him.
1: Yeah, I think Will Ospreay, um, I know he's known to a lot more hardcore wrestling fans. It's such a shame that, you don't see the more casual fans knowing who Will Ospreay is. I mean, if you look at Dave Meltzer's star ratings, he's had five-star, six-star matches on there. He's had yeah. some of, regarded some of the greatest wrestling matches of all time, but he only wrestles really exclusively in Japan. Mm. So hopefully one day he will come over to America and join AEW or WWE. But, um, yeah, I, I love him. I saw him, I think, for Preston, City uh, mm. wrestling, and he's just – we saw a, him, a sport,
2: we done? Yeah, we saw him in uh, the Newport Centre. He faced Kirby. Um, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, he could come to um, America sooner rather than later because apparently WWE's in talks to sign his girlfriend, be Priestley. So if she comes over to NXT or WWE, you know, I could see him potentially following suit. But I remember hearing him on, I think it was on a Jericho podcast or whatever it was, basically saying that he enjoys living in Japan. You know, he's got, he, he's got residency there. Um, you know, he enjoys the UK. He doesn't really want to travel too much but it's all about the money as well and he's such a big star you know AJ Styles for years wouldn't come to WWE but then the moment arise and he's one of the biggest stars that they have so yeah the door the door's definitely open whenever he wants to come across but I think would be previously if she does come to WWE you know it's a stepping stone to get in there
1: yeah and I think maybe I don't know if AEW is a bit more prominent destination because like i said they've got these connections with new japan pro wrestling and like i said okada was on there the other week facing john moxley weren't he? and yeah. they have uh like i said thunder Rosa and all different people coming over from new japan and impact so there's definitely a little bit more collaboration between the brands on AEW. whether he might actually face omega for the title when he does return which i'm sure would be a great match for oh, the american sh- viewers to see show stealer that would be yeah, so, but like I said, that, that's the news this week, so are we going to have a head-to-head quiz? Yeah, buddy, yeah. well up for this, only just,
2: yeah, I could either extend my lead or I think Joe overtakes it, Joe overtakes Taron, <laughs> is it?
1: I don't actually have the actual scores, unfortunately, Taron did not give though. Taron will have to update this next week and let us know because he didn't tell us. Um unless you can remember from last week when you listen to the podcast. All I remember is I'm currently leading, so I'm all happy with that. But like you're you're probably gonna hit like double figures at this point. So (laughs) uh I'm pretty sure I'm second and then Taran and Joe are tied with like two wins, I think. Can't be well. Maybe. Yeah. But I mean I'm excited for this quiz. Yeah, well you're about, so you might not like it. But I thought well because it was the <laughs> RVD documentary and stuff. There, I thought I'd do it all about ECW. I'm sorry. You both watched. You both watched the RVD documentary, and hopefully, you're all familiar with ECW. So, yeah. hopefully, it's a fair playing ground for you both, rather than watching the documentaries and times out. I have no idea what's going on. So, I had a few ECW uh,
2: cassettes, you know, that I bought from Newport Market yeah. when I was younger. So,
1: yeah, hopefully, we could do pretty well with this hopefully so i will begin off with a simply easy question which was mentioned in the rob van Dam documentary and it was what was the first ecw pay-per-view and in what year two points the Ooh. first ecw pay-per-view what was it called and what was the year I also tried to mix the questions up a little bit so it wasn't just ECW, 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 ECW. So, Paul Heyman, uh, question. Paul Heyman has managed or has been the advocate for six WWE champions. Can you name the six superstars? so paul Heyman has been the advocate or manager for six wwe champions so this is the time when he was the manager or advocate and they won the title who were they and i may just have to repeat the question because i was having a little bit of technical issues did you manage to hear that question
2: no, no, I only got the first one. Unfortunately, my yeah. phone decided to have a phone call. So it uh, me off.
1: <laughs> no worries, that's fine. Um, so Paul Heyman managed or has been the advocate for six WWE champions. Who are they? Ooh, okay, so okay. this is basically, he was the manager or the advocate when they got the, the WWE championship. Okay.
2: Give me a second. I'm pretty sure I'm rolling through them now are we counting the Universal
1: I believe so it was just World Championship ah,
2: cool.
1: Um, okay um, yes. and if this is wrong I apologise I got this offline
2: <laughs> no that's okay um, so did he have to manage them at the time they were champion because they have yes. gone on to be a champion
1: no, we managed them at the time because, like Stone Cold, he used to manage an ECW and then the an Undertaker, champion of Stone Code and me, Mark Calloway. However, this is when he was their manager, they won the title or they won the title because of him changing and becoming their manager. I've got four, but that's going to have to do because I'm stuck. Yeah. Okay. Question three How many pay per views were titled One Night Stand? Four. Lovely with that one question four i was going to um ask you for the record but i thought i'd go for true or false rob van dam is unbeaten at wrestlemania
2: Ooh, that's a great question i'm sure i've seen something
1: about that somewhere so Lovely. question five Who was the first ECW World Champion? So they were originally the NWA World Champion, then they changed names to ECW, and he was classed as the first ECW World Champion. I've got a hunch on that one. It changed in the middle of the change in the names. Yeah, I've got a hunch on that, but I'll go with that just in case. Okay, question six. Which ECW star is known as the Lyrical Miracle, the Sexual Intellectual?
2: Oh, you play this all the time, and I still can't remember his name.
1: (laughs) I decided to leave the last bit out because nobody wants to see or hear that.
2: (laughs) The, The amount of times you've played that clip, and I still can't remember his name.
1: The Lyrical Miracle the sexual intellectual (laughs) yeah love it question seven i didn't really see this in the documentary but who did rob van damme beat to unify the european and intercontinental championship oh that was a great match as well And he's classed as the last ever European champion. Mm. Yeah, we'll go with that. Question 8. In what year did WWE relaunch ECW as its third brand? Okay. I swear to... You know what, I'll just go with that. That's fine. Question nine. Before changing its name to Extreme Championship Wrestling, what was ECW called? It was still ECW, but it wasn't Extreme Championship Wrestling. I think I know. Cool. And the final question you have three points up for grabs. Rob Van Dam has won the WWE. Tag titles with three different partners. Name the partners. Cool. He's won the tag titles three times with three different partners. Who are they? Lovely. You okay, Joe? Everyone done? Yeah, all time. Okay, so we'll start with Dan. Question one. What was the first ECW pay-per-view and what year for two points? Was it barely legal? It was barely legal. That's a point. And what? Ninety ninety-seven. It was ninety-seven. Two yeah, points. Baby. Joe, what did you get? Oh, barely got ninety-seven as well. Perfect. Okay. Now this is for six points. Paul Heyman has managed or has been the advocate for six WWE champions. Dan, you said that you got four. Yeah, I've got Brock Lesnar. That's a point. Big Show. That's a point. Roman Reigns. That's a point. CM Punk. That is four. Joe, did you have any advances on that? Um, Curtis Axel. No. Um, Cesaro. No.
2: Who were the other uh, two?
0: I had, C- I had CM Punk, Brock Lesnar, Roman
1: Reigns, a Big Show as well. Okay. Um, so apparently it was RVD. Oh,
2: oh right, and okay, Kurt Angle. Oh wow, okay, fair enough. The Invasion Angle. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I wouldn't have. Yeah, would
1: be. But decent, I think with the whole RVD thing was when obviously the one night and the whole pinfall and getting his the title. Yeah, yeah that yeah. makes sense. Um, so question three: How many pay-per-views were called One Night Stand? Joe. Two. Dan. I went with two as well. It's four. Oh. They had the two ECW one-night stands and then two WWE ones as well. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, under the ECW banner. Well, it was kind of like, later on, it was the one night where WWE goes extreme. That's what it oh, yeah. was. That makes sense. Um, I only remember just the first two. Yeah. And four, true or false, is unbeaten at WrestleMania, Dan. True. Joe. True. Correct. Does anyone know what his record is? Um, it's, th- uh, it's three or four and 0 isn't it? He is four and zero at WrestleMania. You don't get an extra point for that.
2: Because but... <laughs> <laughs> I remember he won at um, WrestleMania 18. Um, I think it was, it was the European against title. Yeah. That's it, yeah. And then he obviously won the um, Money in the Bank. I'm sure there was a couple others here along the way. Yeah. But, um... uh, he
1: only had one singles match at WrestleMania, and that was his first match against Regal. Yeah, oh, the right. money in the bank match. He had um, like a six pack challenge match or something, and then he also had like a, an eight man tag match as well against some WWE people. Oh, um, but yeah, four and zero, especially with multi matches as well. But so five. Who was the first ECW World Champion, Dan? I
2: went
0: with Mike Awesome. Joe. Shane Douglas.
1: It is Shane Douglas. That's it. Yeah. He then went on to lose it to the Sandman uh, when it was the Extreme Championship Wrestling World Championship. Oh, uh, which Which ECW star is known as the lyrical, miracle, sexual intellectual? Dan. I didn't know his name. I just wrote Mungo. <laughs> Joel. <laughs> Joel Gertner. It is Joel Gertner. <laughs> Question Love seven. It. Who did RVD beat to unify the European and Intercontinental Championship, Joe?
0: I put did recall.
1: Dan. Eddie Guerrero? Jeff Hardy in a ladder match. Oh. Because
0: yes, oh, I always him against Recall and it was a really
1: good match. Yeah. No, apparently it was a ladder match um, and he unified them. And then Jeff Hardy was European champion at the time, apparently. That's Eight. In which year did WWE relaunch the ECW as its third brand? Dan. Two thousand seven. Joe. Two thousand five. It's two thousand and six oh, in between. Well, <laughs> right. And Question. so it's between two years. <laughs> Question nine. Before changing its name to Extreme Championship Wrestling, what was ECW called? Joe. Eastern Championship Wrestling. Dan. Eastern Championship Wrestling. Correct. And the final question, you have three points up for grabs. RVD has won the WWE Tag Titles with three different partners. Can you name his three partners? Dan. Kane. Yeah, that's a point.
2: Kofi Kingston?
1: Nope.
0: Um, Evan Airborne. Okay. Joe? I got Kane, Edge, Rey Mysterio.
1: Ray Mysterio is correct. He won it with Kane, Ray Mysterio, and the third person was Booker T. Oh, Oh. of course he was on the, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so that's all the questions. If you want to total up your scores, we'll see who is our winner. Hopefully you did okay at home as well, if you are totaling up. Let us know on Twitter. How many you got? Yeah, man. I think Joe's beating me this week, but I only had nine. I got 12. Joe, is the winner, which means Taryn is bottom. I don't have the scores, but Taryn <laughs> is bottom. That's what happens when you get the COVID jab and you decide not to come on the podcast. The Gerrard COVID jab. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's it for this week's episode of Grapplecast. Hopefully, we'll be um, back to our gruesome foursome. That's that twosome, isn't it? What, what's the word for foursome?
2: Um, quadru-
1: quadruple. 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 Our, our, our quadruple. Quadruple. A quadrupod. A quadrupod. Quadrupod. Oh, quadrupod. That, our quadrupod, because <laughs> uh, of podcast as
0: well.
1: Uh, we'll be back to our our four our four way dance next week. Uh, but Joe, where can everybody find us on our socials?
0: You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Grapplecast Show, and don't forget to like and subscribe us on Apple Podcasts and everywhere you can find all the podcasts.
1: That is great. And like I said, everywhere. An, yeah. Any questions that you may have, anything you want us to look at, or if if you just like our show, let us know on any of these social platforms, and I'm sure one of us will get back to you. But but that's it for this week's episode. I've been Jamie. Thank you, Dan and Joe. No thanks to Taran.
0: Old one, arm drag. Rep screwed. Rep. It's me, Austin. I did it. For the rock. Shut your mouth, gong wearing fatty. Number four, armbar. I am Sir Michael Cole. What?